0: Welcome to Unfuck Your Brain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, feminism, and coaching to rewire your brain and get what you want in life. And now here's your host, Harvard Law School grad, feminist rock star, and master coach, Kara Lowenthal.
1: Hello, my chickens. I have such a special treat for you today. I'm so excited about this. So, I know that we are in some times of economic uncertainty for some of you, and I think that money and economics is one of the places that people don't even realize that their thoughts are thoughts. Like our money mindset seems to us, it's like it's like a gecko that fades and like camouflages itself, right? Fades into the background. We're so sure that our thoughts about money are circumstances, not thoughts. Especially because they're often echoed by the people around us, and so, having done like an episode or two recently about money and your worth and your value and how to think about your um how to think about that, I also really wanted you all to hear from some of my students who have used thought work to make more money. and what I love about these different stories is that they're so different, like completely different fields i think we we have a life coach, we have someone from the corporate world, we have a massage therapist, we have a money coach, like so many different areas, so many different kinds of economics and economies. And all of them have used thought work and what they've learned in the clutch to really change their money mindset. And to. And what that really means is changing their thoughts about how easy or hard it is to make money, how you can make money, what determines how much money you make, right? Whether it's okay to want to make more money, right? A lot of us have a lot of internalized shame about wanting to make money. And I get feedback all the time that I shouldn't talk about money or how much money I make or that, you know, that that's inappropriate or whatever it is. And I'm like, women need to all be thinking and talking about how to make more money. If that's something they want to do, right? You do not hear quite as much pushback, I don't think, around most male entrepreneurs who talk about making money. So I interviewed several of my Clutch students who have been in the Clutch for a while, I think all six months and most of them a year, I think, who have used this work to increase their earnings, increase their revenue, be able to change their job structure, like all different ways that they have changed how they think about money. So this episode is for anyone who Doesn't make as much money as they want, wants to have more money, has a lot of conflicted feelings about money. In fact, I think it'd be super interesting if you started listening to this intro and you got really turned off and upset that I was talking about making more money is a great episode for you to listen to. (laughs) You're gonna learn a lot about your thoughts. And we really dig into like all the juicy details of the amount of money they've made and what's changed and how their thinking has changed and all of it. It's so good. So you get to listen in on that conversation. And if you want to work on your own money mindset, The Clutch is How. So you can join us at unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash The Clutch, or you can just text your email to plus one three four seven nine three four eight eight six one, and we will send you a link. And you can get in there, learn how to change your thoughts, learn how to coach yourself, and learn how to make more money. As one of the – you'll hear one of my – one of the students that I'm interviewing in this episode says that her mantra was – double the money in half the time. So good. And it turned out that she tripled her revenue, tripled her income. That's the kind of shit that you learn when you learn how to manage your mind. So come join us, unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch or text your email to plus one, three, four, seven, nine, three, four, eight, eight, six, one. And without further ado, can listen into these interviews and learn all about how to change your thoughts about money. I would love to hear from... Maybe each of you, or however many of you want to share this, kind of what you feel like your money mindset was like before you joined the clutch. Like, what was the starting point for how you were thinking about money or relating to money, or what was your relationship with money like?
2: I actually did a thought inventory. <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I went back, I had to go back to my notebooks and find it. So, I actually have a list of 12 unintentional thoughts, and then I wrote my intentional ones to counter them. Okay. Awesome. I'll give you the key ones. (laughs) ones Okay, that that sounds good. Instead of all 12. I've never had much money. I'm afraid of what money will do to me if I have a lot and I don't know how to handle too much money. I don't want to be scrutinized. And if I'm successful, I will be scrutinized. I don't want to choose the wrong career. It will have been a waste of time. I'll be too busy and hate it, which was basically I'll have to work too much in order to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I think a lot of people think that. Yeah. Yeah. A waste, mm. time, a waste of time, waste of resources,
2: and whatnot. Those were pretty key. Yeah. So, how did those feel?
1: Did you feel awesome <laughs>
2: no, with I those lots? Not. Those were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they were so anxiety-inducing. It was, yeah, they were. They were real bad. <laughs> okay.
1: I love it, Kelly. I'd love to hear sort of where each of you started. I'm sure the listeners are going to identify with a lot of that.
2: So, my
0: money mindset was all about tears and fears, like it was <laughs> scarcity. <laughs> It's like fears. a band name, Tears yes. and fears. It was scarcity. It was like, even when there was enough, there was never enough. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like, it didn't matter whether there was a thousand dollars in the bank or $10,000 in the bank. It, like, it was never enough. It was always going to leave. Yeah. And I have a really corporate background. I worked at Apple before I became a coach. So even with the security there tears and fears and scarcity, but also Mm -hmm. really hustling, having to work really, really hard, like
3: Mm -hmm.
0: 80 hours a week, plus being a single mom and it still wasn't good enough. And Mm then I left corporate, I carry that with me into coaching with over-delivering and value and worthiness. Like it goes Mm -hmm. so beyond money. Money is just the starting point. But, like, my overall mindset was tears, fears, never enough, no matter what the dollar amount was. And then over deliver this many hours, it's not good enough. I mean, all mm-hmm. the time, all of it. Yeah,
1: and I think that's so common, right? People will set goals, and then sometimes they can white knuckle their way to the goal. But then all of a sudden, once they get there, they're like, oh, it still doesn't feel like enough. Now I have to set the next goal, right? So like some people get paralyzed by their money mindset and they can't make any money. And then some people are making money, not as much as they could, but they're like, because they're suffering the whole way. But then it doesn't even matter because they get there and it still doesn't feel like enough.
0: Yeah. There's no relief. There's no relief. It's never enough. It's never
4: enough. All of
1: it. Totally. Yeah. I think that's so common too. What about you, Rochelle?
4: I've always really felt like I did a great job managing money. Like the money that I made, I felt like I was really on top of managing how it was coming in. But what's new to me is realizing that I can control the money I make by (laughs) not by my education and not by Mm -hmm. how long I've been in my career and not by my hierarchy structure at my organization. But like, it's my thoughts that were limiting how much I created. So I was always trying to like mm. could with the money that I had, but I was completely ignoring the other side of, I could make more so I could do more with what.
1: Yes. That's such a good point. Yeah. I think some people are like, I'm a great budgeter. Since I can't control how much money I make and I can't make that much, or I can't make as much as I want, I'm just going to be really good. I'm very thrifty with what I have, which is like, not that being thrifty is a bad thing, but as you say, it's like only half of the equation, right?
4: Right. And even further than that, because I wasn't just thrifty, like I would always classify myself as somebody who saved to splurge. Mm. I would make sure I was doing the things I wanted to do in my life. But I was saving and then splurging and then saving and then splurging. And oh,
1: stuff. yeah.
4: And I did like continuously ask for raises, and I did like go mm-hmm. through like I thought that I needed to do, but always making it mean something else. like if I didn't mm-hmm. get the raise, it meant that I wasn't a good enough employee, and and I thought you know I had to incrementally. Hmm. So I'm still working on that a lot. But I think the biggest thing for me, I remember being coached on this and saying how much money I wanted to make for the year and feeling like just wanted to evaporate into thin air after I said it. (laughs) And you laughed. And it was like, I didn't feel like judged or or like, Mm -hmm. but it was just like, you just totally giggled. And I'm like, you for sure can make that much. a A lot dumber than you. Not as more you know, the that. So you for sure. Right. And I was just like, "Oh, if Cara thinks that I can make this happen, <laughs> maybe I can. So like you sharing your story and your money story and the Scrooge McDuck on the coins, like all of that opened up a whole <laughs> Scrooge
1: McDuck. <laughs> you have to join the clutch to find out what that
3: means. their <laughs> super secret money technique.
1: And
4: <laughs> hey, Nicole,
3: what about you? So, you know, as you started this conversation and said, tell me about your thoughts, can I tell you that my body got, I just got anxious because <laughs> mm. I started thinking those thoughts again. So, so oh, that's horrible. So the thoughts were of literally being controlled by having to work mm. and having to work in a job. And look, I'm holding my heart here so I can feel mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it was as simple as that is I have to have this job, this very well paid job. And if I don't have it, I won't earn money and I can't do it myself. And, and I had just had my second kid. So that was, and I felt so constrained and not being around my kids and having to be in the an office and having to be on call the whole time and mm. having to do reports to the board. And it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. I left England to move to Australia to change my life. And I found myself back in that life again. And it's crazy how that works.
1: Yeah. That's like you bring your brain with you and you just show up in yeah. the same
3: place, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 It was. And so that was it. I just felt controlled by someone else.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I so want to make money, or even I am, but then I have to be beholden to other people and I feel kind of like a victim or trapped by that.
3: Yeah. Right? It's like those yeah, golden exactly. handcuffs. Yeah. Totally. And I felt guilty because I was earning a lot of money. I had a big mm-hmm. job. And then I felt guilty for feeling that and felt confused. <laughs> so all of those feelings going together, but not wanting to be in that life and wanting to be a mum because I came to be a mum older in life, so really wanting to be around the kids. Yeah. And then I, I heard this whole idea of rethinking, rethinking and actually intentionally thinking. And that was really powerful. What would you say is your money mindset now
0: compared oh, to what it was well, then?
3: Completely different. And it's actually had to because of circumstances, it's had to evolve even before over the last couple of weeks. But so my money mindset was completely, and it was something I just kept on saying to myself and to everyone else, I think in my head it was saying, this sounds arrogant, but I kept on saying it, which was half the amount of work, double the amount of money.
2: And mm, that was all I, I love, said. I that was love it. That. So that good.
3: Was, it was it. And can I tell you, within, and That's so I quit happened? my job. Yeah, completely. Three times. I'm not just saying that. It was amazing. I quit my job properly in November. And literally through selling products, selling myself and recreating the way I did things, doing things quicker, literally within between November and March, I probably made my salary for the year that i would made the year before myself. And that was really allowing myself to just be creative and allow myself to work in flow And it was, and two kids and did not work during the day. Never. Amazing.
1: That's how powerful one thought can be, right? One thought can change your whole life. Twice as much money half the time. You just 100% committed to
3: that thought and that's the result. Completely. Completely. And people looked at me like I was insane. Of course. (laughs) And more recently, and this is where it's it's evolved and allowed me to have this time is my father passed away and I just said, you know what? No work. I'm not taking on any work. Mm. I'm not doing anything. And however long it takes, I'm taking time out. So again, mm. yeah, I will come back stronger. I can work whenever I want. That's fine. And you created the ability to do that, right? You
1: created yeah. your whole yeah. annual Completely. income in three months. Like it gives you those yeah. options, right? I would always say like money's not going to turn you from an unhappy to a happy person, but it's certainly convenient and gives you more
3: options. Oh, right? It gives 100%. you the space to do that.
1: And I love that you know you said people thought you were crazy. Like I always know I'm on to a good thought when I'm like, Am yes. I? Is, what if somebody heard this? Am I allowed to just think this? Like, is someone going to come tell me that well, I'm not allowed to think
3: this? I kept, <laughs> kept on thinking that this is a secret nobody told us. Like, why did no one tell us? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's really obvious. that's all I thought when I discovered
1: thought work in the first place. I was like, You mean I can just change my thoughts? Why did no one? There should have been a memo in first grade. Like, why did I not get the memo? Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah,
3: completely, completely.
1: So I'd love to hear from some of the rest of you what your money mindset is like now. And then I'm going to ask to hear from some of you like what changed or what was the biggest change for you, but just kind of what does your relationship with money feel like now compared to what you used to? Kelly, you want
0: to? Yeah, I really was entrenched in like having to work hard. I wrote down Nicole's thought, half the amount of work, quite the amount of money. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We want it the other way around. That's I wrote that time. shit down. Money. It's on my paper now. <laughs> and I agree, Cara, what you were saying, how like I always know when I'm onto a thought when it's like, oh, can I believe that? Or other people don't necessarily do think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And through thought work, what I've come around to is my mind creates money for me. And that was mm. so far beyond... Like I had to really work for that belief. I had to work for that belief and seek proof and go prove myself right over and over again. I still work for that belief today. That's my new mindset is it's not about having to work harder. It's all about being able to use my mind creatively to make money for me. My mind makes money for me. What's
1: like, of course, we're always most proud of the work we do, but like, what is the kind of, number or outcome or like getting new clients, like what's the kind of fact on the ground that you're the most proud of that changed because of changing your money mindset?
0: So it has just happened recently in the last six months because I have really been working on my money mindset. I'm a certified money coach since 2015, but never used thought work around money. Mm -hmm. And when I started thought work around money, that's when I actually began creating results. So I was charging $3,500 for three months of coaching and six months ago, I signed a client for $45,000 for six months of coaching. Oh, yeah. I got chills. So good. I mean, yeah. I had to like coach myself to be able to say that number out loud. Of I had course. To, coach to be able to have the conversations. And then I had to coach myself to continue delivering on what I said I was going to give them and provide over the six month period when like it wasn't going perfectly and I still
2: mm-hmm.
0: had to voice and like all of that stuff. It doesn't just stop with the belief, right? Like I had to continually coach myself with thought work to back all of that up. But that's totally. the for me, 3,500 to 45,000.
1: I can't even do the math. What is that? A hundred times? <laughs>
0: It's, it's more yeah, than 10 like, times. Yeah. First.
1: Yeah. But yeah, And I love, I think that's such a good point, right? Because I think money mindset, like so many things, when we have a goal, we're like, okay, once I perfectly and fully believe it, that's when the result will magically arrive. And like, yeah, that's true. You'll get the full result when you're in full belief, but all along the way, right, you have to keep putting yourself out there and getting like the next step of the result. I remember the first time when I used to do a high end, small group and it was ten thousand dollars like the first time I had to say that I wanted to die right and it like took a while before that felt normal and then eventually I was like it's a steal it's only ten thousand which I totally believe right? it was true but it took me it wasn't like I got to perfect belief and then launched the program and then every sales call was a dream and then I never felt crazy like it's a process like anything else and you have to you should feel like you're a little ill right? every time you're trying yeah. to up-level. It's like, the more you feel like you might throw up, the more money you make. That's really, I think, how it goes. Like, that's the more uncomfortable you're willing to feel, the more money you make. That's the work, right? That's yeah. I think that's what the clutch and thought work is all about, is like teaching us to have the capacity to feel uncomfortable because most of us aren't able to, right? Because we're just in like, avoid pain, seek pleasure, don't have any emotional processing skills, don't know how to manage our minds at all we're only capable of feeling horrible or like numbing out. Right. And it's like learning how to feel mid-level uncomfortable so you can actually go after your
0: goals. And that's where all the money is. Right. And now I'm at the place where I need to do it again. Yeah. Keeps going. Let me tell you. It's not like, (laughs) Oh, that belief is good. Right. I'm all good. It's like, no, I have to do it again. Can I do this again? Can I repeat this again? Can I believe this again and say the number out loud and create more value and even when Cara, I believe it's a steal and it's worth it, I still have to like go to work for that belief, yeah. to be able to offer it again to someone else and say it out loud and all of that stuff. Totally. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't.
1: It depend. just keeps going. Yeah. Totally. What about you, Katrina?
2: So mine shows up a little bit differently. I haven't reached my money goal because I did set like an actual number. My goal was one hundred twenty thousand mm-hmm. in a year, so mm-hmm. I haven't hit that, but. I've actually shifted how I'm gauging my success, but I'll backtrack a little bit. So some of my key thoughts I had shifted to, I welcome more money into my life. Money flows freely into my life. Money comes easily. It's easy to earn money. That was a big one. Like with Mm. Kelly, I had a lot of thoughts about like, I'm going to have to work way too hard. I'm a massage therapist. So my time is spent like in a pretty physical manner. That's how I wanted to make my 120K was doing massage, what I already know, not changing careers, not having to learn Mm -hmm. a new technical skill. So in my mind, it was like, okay, I'm gonna have to work 40 hands-on hours to get to that number. Mm -hmm. So shifting that one, I practiced a lot. I love what I'm doing. I practiced that quite a bit. If I invest in myself, I can never lose. I can always Mm -hmm. learn and grow when I invest in myself. Money flows. And so I can invest it back and get it back. Um, Yes. I love that. Like money just cycles. I don't need to hold on to it. I don't need to stay in scarcity mindset. I'll come and go. And if I spend money on something, it's fine. It's going to come back. Yeah. It's like,
1: we think of it as, I definitely know that people who have that where they're like, this is the amount I have and it's not going to get bigger. Or if it is, it's like not something I can control, right? It's like, well, the stock market might go up or like there's a certain amount of interest, but kind of like, it's all somehow like out of my control. And I have to be careful with how much I spend because they don't have the belief of like, I just make as much as I want more right if i decide to spend this and i want more i'll just make more like they don't see it as that flow it's like a river right it's like money's flowing in and out all the time it's circulating all over the world and then you might like nicole sometimes you step out of the river cuz you're going to do something else but like it's always there to step back in so that i love that like idea i think people who have an abundant money mindset do see it as a constant flow that you can always step into and gather right you can always create more and for sure the people who are like the stingiest about investing in themselves or spending on their business or whatever else make the least money, right? It's like a hundred percent a one to one. And like, of course, you know, I have beginning coaches sometimes who are like they're loath to invest in coaching for themselves. And they're like, of course, they can't sell coaching to anyone. <laughs> it's like they won't buy it, right? Whereas right. I'm like, I am always investing in coaching. I think I posted last year in the clutch. I should go find the post. I did the math on how much I had spent on coaching for myself, it was craziness. It was like $60,000, $70,000 or something over five. It was a lot of money. But I've created, you know, whatever now, I don't know, three, four million in revenue over that period. Like it's a great investment, right? But when you look at that number, it can seem insane if you're not thinking of it that way. But I see that so much, that correlation of like, if you think you don't have enough and you're not willing to invest in yourself, it's very hard to create money because you're that's the mindset that you're coming from. Totally. Yeah.
2: One of the biggest changes that I know, like a tangible change that I noticed is, I mean, anyone who knows me has heard me say it like not this year, but years before I will never work for myself. I never want to own a business. Mm. I never want to like be in charge. I never want to manage. Like I just want to show up, do what I love, have somebody pay me and then go home, which kind of means there's a cap, like somebody else is in Mm -hmm. charge of, of picking what I'm getting paid. And so I maxed out with my hours and my pay at around 60K. And I just bought a massage practice that I'm like now own and will be a the lead therapist. Of. So that's been one of the biggest changes. But even going from like accepting a certain number per hour to then having my own clients and being an independent therapist. Mm-hmm. And like when I had to set my price, I set it at like $100 an hour. And it was the scariest decision I ever made, like having to tell people that that's what I'm charging. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I'm undercharging by like $40, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like, I live in New York. $100 for an hour of massage sounds like such a steal to me. I'm like, where do you live? I will come drive to you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, right. And I'm in Austin and it, like it's a pretty saturated massage market. Like we have two, I think we have three massage schools. So there's a ton of therapists here, but like the going rate... Is somewhere between like 80 and 120. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, like I'm gonna lose people at $100 an hour, but I'll mm. make it through it. I didn't lose anybody, like not a single person. Of course. I think it took maybe like four months. And I was like, I'm undercharging, guys. Who <laughs> let me do this? <laughs> I didn't charge more. Totally. Me.
1: Yeah, as your thought evolves, like it's like you start to see the value of what you provide differently, right? And I think especially Absolutely. when like the more you believe in yourself and what you're offering, then you see the value. The more you communicate that, the better results your clients get, right? Or that might be a massage client or a lawyer client or a coach client. It doesn't matter, right? Because you bring a higher level of value when you believe in your own value. Yeah.
2: And I can communicate it better because I actually believe right. it. You know, I've, right, I, right. Enough, like it, I mean, thought work goes into one thing goes into everything, right? Like just right. working in one area means you're working in all of them. So the scarcity and totally. in, in money mindset was a scarcity and in, in self-confidence and ability. Like there was, you know, it's, yeah,
1: it's all the, <laughs> the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Totally.
2: Yeah.
4: So do you want
1: to get in here, Rochelle? <laughs>
4: That's just bringing up a lot for me because the same for me, my biggest win this year was actually applying to do the Portugal event with you.
1: and, um, mm-hmm. Which we sadly had to cancel. Thank you, COVID.
4: <laughs> but it was still the biggest win I've had all year because I applied and I didn't get in the first round and I signed up for a retreat in April and I signed up for a retreat in June. So I was like full on what I had expected to invest on myself for that year. And then mid February, I got an email saying, "One spot open, seventy two hours. You want it or not?" And I was like, "I'm like busy today, and I can't even deal with this." <laughs> so I was just gonna <laughs> up the night, like set aside, like, because I don't think it even sunk into my brain. Like, I'm actually invited to do this thing. Like me. So seeing myself as somebody who mm. could be coached in that way. And it's so funny because I called a friend of mine later that night and she coached me through it. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And so I hit the button and like, you know, made my flight arrangements and my hotel arrangements and everything. And I was like, I'm totally a different person today than I was February 13th before mm-hmm. I got email because I am now a person who invests in that level of coaching. Like that was more money than
2: mm-hmm.
4: higher education for college.
1: (laughs) You had a very cheap education.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And why I feel capped at my current salary, right? It's like, well, Mm -hmm. this is what people pay for this. Yeah. That's
1: such a good point because I, you know, I've seen that with my students and I hear this with coaches all the time, that sometimes people start, especially like with the clutch you join, you can get coaching right away. But like back when I was doing one on one coaching or small groups, people would sign up and then they couldn't start for a while. They would start getting results like before I'd even coach them, right? Because they were now thinking of themselves in a different way. Like all of a sudden, they were like, "Oh, I'm like someone who operates at this level. I'm worth investing in. I'm going to create value, or I'm going to think differently of myself." It is like that committing to investing in yourself really does like uplevel the way you think about yourself. It's such an interesting. It's like the placebo effect. And then, but the good news is, then you get coaching, and it is super valuable. So for sure. it's like placebo so I- plus the medication. But it is such an interesting, like, we pay for what we value. And when we decide, I think especially for women, right, when we decide that, like, I think women are socialized, to think, like, our mental and emotional health is, like, the least important thing. It's like something you talk about with your friend, right? It's sort of like, you wouldn't be, like, my thyroid's not working. Let me see what my friend Jen, who's a hairstylist, thinks I should do about it, right? But like, that's what we do with our brains. Like, we're like, oh, I don't believe in myself and I can't ask for a raise. Let me see what like my friend Sam, who also has the same problem, has to say about it. Like, we don't take our own mental and emotional health seriously and invest in it the same way that we would our physical health, even though it determines everything in our lives.
4: Yeah, and I'll share a couple of my numbers, but one thing that's yeah. up for me is... My financial advisor, who's always been super impressed with me, every financial advisor I've ever had has asked me to come work for them. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) funny, but not like that. Like, I want the the deep conversations and the dreams and the goals. Like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to work on investment, insurance, all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. he said to me the other day when we were um, doing our checkup, he said, so I see you've got your little business. And I said, I don't actually call it my little business <laughs> Good for you. Oh my God. Yeah, and I he meant oh, like I said, he really thinks highly of me and he totally he really, I'm sure, meant it as a compliment, but mm. I don't think that he would say to a man who started a business, like I see you Totally.
1: Over. Oh, you're a little investing business. Look at you go. Yeah, look at your little portfolio.
4: Yeah, and to be able to say that, like instead of just sit there through it, that felt amazing right? I wasn't angry. I was just like, yeah, I don't call it that.
1: No, you just want to like clarify it. Totally. I was in this meeting once where a lawyer said something to me implying that like, you know, well, what if I got married and my husband wanted like me to invest money in his business? We would need to like Be careful about that. I was there with my brother, who's engaged, you know. And I was like, I have the business; (laughs) like, I'm the one who who has the business. I don't think that we're going to need to worry about that. Like, it's and not right. It's not like fuck you, but it is just sort of like let me just be clear what's going on here. Like, you obviously need to adjust your expectations and understanding of what kind of conversation we're about to have. (laughs) Like, my biggest concern is not what if my future potential husband pressures me into somehow investing in his business. Like, I have the business. That's what we're worried about.
4: So toss your numbers. A couple of things. I really love how you talk about, and you coached them beyond this recently, and you were saying, I always made my numbers seem as good as possible, right? Without, yes, without- I just coached someone about this. Yeah. In Q1 of 2020, I had double the amount of clients than I've had in the last two years of my business. So that was- Total? Amazing. amazing. Wow. Total in my business, I had three clients in the last two years, and I had six in Q1. Amazing. So, and I was really focusing on that. Like I have double the amount of clients yes. in the whole last two years. And my six-month package is still the same. I coach on personal and business finance, and I quadrupled the price of that. Nice. I had double my highest month revenue. In that same period of time. So I'm not either where I want to be. Like it's a continual process, but I am really focusing on expanding those numbers. And like I had doubled the revenue, but I worked half the hours, right? So I love that. Um, But also when you
1: say I'm not where I want to be, like what if we just, I mean, I think we can even tweak that, which is like, I am where I used to want to be. And now I have another goal. Right, mm-hmm. like you from the last two years would be like, "What do you mean I have six clients in quarter one and I quadrupled my prices? That's amazing
4: for sure." Right? I started. It was a passion project, and I was gonna do like a free blog and a free book club. And I was terrified. I didn't tell anybody. If you did not live in my house, you did not know I was. <laughs> You're like, I'm writing a blog,
1: and but and I don't want anyone to know about it. <laughs>
4: I, I was like trying to grow a business without telling anybody.
1: Yeah, it's hard. That's a
4: hard strategy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And for those of you who don't know what Rochelle was sort of referring to is that I coach on this in the clutch all the time is that you have to love the money you've made if you want to make more. And that I see like, when I was starting my business, I was always looking for like, what's the most impressive way? So if I got like one $1,500 client, but that meant that each session was $300 or whatever it was, I don't remember the math. I would think to myself, I make $300 an hour coaching. Like I thought of myself as a $300 an hour coach, not as a, I've only made $1,500 in my business coach. Right. And like, I see that the people who struggle making money the most are the ones who are always like minimizing the money they've made and kind of rejecting it and saying it's not enough. And like always giving caveats, like they'll be like, oh, I had my first, you know five figure a month, but you know some of it was from the last month, you know I'm just like, no, what's the most impressive way? How can you be most impressed with the amount of money you've made? That's how you make more, right? And so a lot of us want to keep thinking about how it's not enough. We think that's going to motivate us to make more. that's not what happens right It's the other way around
4: and I remember watching somebody else be coached on it too, and You had given her the exact thought that she needed to think, which was, I'm smart and I'm capable and I make $5,000 a month. And she started asking another question. And you were like, Stop confusing yourself. The (laughs) only thought you need is, I'm smart and I'm capable. You don't even need that. The only thought you need is, I make $5,000 a month. And then I was like, Actually, I make $7,000 a month and I'm practicing this. (laughs) Like, it's a stretch. And I'm like, I think I need to up that number. Yeah. Like, I don't bring that home, right? So I don't see it as money that I make, but it is. It is,
1: and you can choose to see it that way, right? When I say I've made a million dollars in my business, I don't mean after taxes and expenses, that's my profit, right? Why would I choose to focus on that smaller number? I say that's my revenue, which it is, and then I create more, right? Yeah, 100%. And I love that, and just like Nicole shared with us, like that one thought, right? When you get coached or you're able to coach yourself, to find the right thought. You don't need a hundred different thoughts. You don't need every like, I need a thought for every objection my brain has. You just need that one thought, but you usually need to get coached or know how to coach yourself to get there, right? Because your brain only sees what it can see right now. So good. I feel like we could talk about this forever, but this podcast episode is already going to be so long. So I want each of you to tell me like, what is the one thing you would tell someone who is You know, where are people stuck in their thinking? Like, what's the one thing you would tell them about how they can change
2: their money mindset? I would say your brain's lying to you. (laughs) Like just (laughs) every now and then just assume that your brain is lying. I had, um, actually it was like five months in a row. I'm not going to (laughs) lie where I had, when I'd started my own small practice where I had set small financial goals for each month. Like I wanted to have X number of new clients and I wanted to make X amount each month and it was pretty modest it was like first month i want two new clients i want eight hundred dollars from my private practice and i shit you not every single month about halfway through the month my brain would be like you're not even halfway at your goal like you're not gonna make it you're like literally gonna make 50 percent of your goal why are you even bother trying it's a pointless like attempt and i was like conscious enough of those thoughts to be like, okay, we have measures that we can take to check this. Like I've been tracking, <laughs> I can, I can see if I've got that. And so every single month for five months, midway through the month, I would check my numbers just on what I had scheduled out. So like the amount of people and the amount of money at the first half of the month and then projected current schedule, what I would mm-hmm. make And every single month I was over my goal every mm-hmm. single month. And so after it was like the, the third month in a row, I was like, okay, I think I'm lying to myself. <laughs> I think every time I, <laughs> I go. Think into this panic, thought may not be true. Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> it's just it's just an old track that just keeps replaying yeah. and just keeps getting scared. And if I can recognize that and stop and question it and say it's actually okay, we can check it. And if we're off, we can you know readjust our course. And it's not the end of the world, even if we aren't. But every single time I was wrong, I was over what I was projecting I would make.
1: This is why coaching, like people, this is what, it's so hard sometimes to communicate to people who haven't experienced coaching because they're like, no, I'm pretty sure my thoughts are true. You know, they they all just seem like they make sense. They're so wrong. And if you don't learn how to coach yourself, there is no way out of that shit. I was coaching somebody once who had made $200,000 in her business and revenue. She was a coach and she took out $12,000 and she just left the rest in her account. And then the thing she kept saying to herself and everyone else was, I don't know, you know, you think you make a lot of money. You can make 200 grand, but you only take home 12. I was like, no, you only took home 12. There's 188 sitting in your bank account. (laughs) Like that's how, that sounds hilarious, but she a hundred percent believed it and could not see that until she was coached because that's how committed she was to her story that even when you make more money, you don't really get to keep most of it, right? Like that was her thought. And so she was making that come true for herself so much, right? And I was like, what is the money doing that's sitting in your business? She had like mentally just completely blocked that off. And I coach people all the time who are like, I made this much, it's not enough, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, okay, go home and count what you actually made. And it's often more than that by like 20 to 2,000% more, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, if you believe it's not enough, that is just all you will see. So I love that example. Like every month, your brain's like, "Nope, you didn't do it. You failed." And you're like, "Literally, the math says otherwise." <laughs> but
2: and if it wasn't for without coaching, you don't even think to check that. You're just like, right. "Oh, yep, this thought is true." Absolutely. That's without having coaching, I wouldn't know to question it. Like I, I would have been right. too scared to look at the numbers, but right. because of the clutch, because of listening to the podcast, I knew that like it's actually not that's like. I'm only scared in my head. The actions are not that scary. Right. <laughs> I, have to look, like I have to get a calculator and look at my calendar. And like who cares? It's just a number on a piece of paper. So yes. coaching for sure was what got me to even like double check my thought. So it's, That's I'm like, such a
1: good point because most people don't know their numbers because they are scared to actually look at them because they don't have the thought work to deal with that fear and how to get over that and how to get to choose to love that amount. Yes, yeah, I love that. Yep. All right. What about you, Kelly? What you got?
0: You know, the thing for me in the beginning was really finding a thought that I could believe it was like mm-hmm. finding something that I could actually believe and practice over and over again, like with money mantras, it all just felt like spiritual bullshittery where mm-hmm. like it sounded nice, but I just could not believe it. And so that always sent me into like striving, right. And like mm-hmm, yeah. grinding it out. But the one thought I want to share that I was able to believe in that, in the beginning it felt like bullshittery money is always coming to me. And I was like, but you know what? And this is through coaching. It was like, but that shit is true because like mm-hmm. money is always coming to me. Like unless I'm dead, I am going to continue to receive money throughout the rest of my life. I clung to that thought in the beginning, like a life preserver and I just kept finding a proof of it and that was the one thought car that changed everything for me was just yeah. being able to believe with my entire heart and soul and mind that that was absolute truth and I could just keep putting that forward
1: I love that and like the next level might be like money's gonna keep coming to you even after you're dead
3: so it might just be worth me saying where I came from I came from um a family who never had money, they always spent too much. So whatever came in, they don't spend. I told myself I had that DNA. So what has happened over the last few months has been remarkable. And what I told myself is that I respect myself. I respect money and money respects me. And I kept on thinking about Aretha, respect. Mm-hmm. And that is <laughs> the biggest change for me because not only did I respect myself to charge enough money, To make money but also to save i'm now in exactly the place that i would like to be in and have always wanted to be in and i feel stable and secure and it is about respecting yourself it is so important and that idea that i respect money so that means i spend it wisely i invest wisely i save it wisely i make it wisely in comparison to what i thought was inbred in me that dna of watching my dad just not make enough and overspend so yeah i also love that
1: like we totally think well whatever my parents did or like whatever my family yeah. money pattern is it's been
3: generations yeah. like completely i have to yeah. be strung by it and therefore i have to get a job because i'm not responsible enough to work for myself because how could i possibly do that yeah so yeah. turning that on its head and really respecting money And actually, and now understanding what it's like to respect myself and to respect money at a completely different level. So everything's changed for me, which means that I can take time off or I can choose to do things differently. And I feel fine about that. I'm not worried about that. Aretha
1: is always the answer. I love that. Yeah. And I love how different each of these thoughts were. Like, I think it's a great example of why I had to get so much coaching. The fact that my teacher and mentor, like, still speaks to me after the money coaching. (laughs) or through, it's like truly, it was like a rough several months of my master coaching certification year when I was just like completely in it. And everybody's brain is a little bit different. So I love all of your thoughts. And I think the listeners are going to, can totally try to borrow those. But if those don't work, it's like, you just have to come up with your own. Everybody's brain is a little bit different. And that is
4: what coaching is good for too. Yeah, Rochelle, did you want to say one lesson? I had one too, which is like question everything. Mm Mm-hmm question everything. Because even the thoughts, first of all, the first question is, will this actually work? Who cares? Just try it if it doesn't
1: work. (laughs) That's That's really about like fear of failure, right? Or what we're going to think. It's like, if there's no harm, why not try it, right? What we're scared of is that like, it quote unquote, won't work. And then we'll have to be mean to ourselves and feel hopeless about how it didn't work and give up, right? That's what we're worried about
4: even the thoughts that feel like they're being gentle to yourself. So here's one that I realized as I was launching my small group coaching program. So I work a full-time job. I coach in the evenings and the weekends. And so I kind of have this thought of, again, things have to grow in stair steps. I don't have all the time in the world to be doing all that. So I had this idea, I'm going to launch this program. I'm going to fill it with six people at 10 days. I'm going to start in 10 days. Whoever comes, we'll just get started. And I got one person to sign up and I thought, well, that's okay. And I heard it this time. And I was like, and here's the exact thing that was happening. Mm -hmm. I had the thought that it was okay. And the result was, it was okay. It's fine, but it was just okay. And Mm -hmm. I have a thought for myself that I know in my deepest soul to be true, which is Mm -hmm. I have an extraordinarily happy life plan for myself. Mm -hmm. And I have to go for that. I can't sit around. Allowing things to be okay when I know I have more. And it's not even about the money. It's about what I create when I push through, right? Well, so it's about setting a goal. And it's like, okay, will you get 10? Will you get eight?
1: Whatever, but not getting one and being like, well, eh, all right.
4: And I sold all the way through that time and I got four. And like the last one, an hour before.
2: And yeah. that was
4: I had ever continued through to the goal. So somebody else was talking earlier about, you know, halfway through being like, oh and I mean, I did that to myself all the time and I considered it gentle with myself. Like, well, you can't expect yourself to do everything. It's okay. And it's true. It was okay. It was totally fine, but it was just okay.
1: Yeah. Like we think the alternative is shaming ourselves and that happens with money so much also. Right. But there's a difference between like compassion, which is like, oh, I'm never going to like be mean to myself or beat myself up about it. And just kind of like, Enabling some mediocrity because I'm not willing to push myself, or I'm scared, or I don't even know that that's an option. Like, most of us don't know how to push ourselves out of love, right? We only know how to push ourselves out of shame. It's like amazing, you know, Katrina's experience is being like, oh, I actually am ahead. But it's like, this is where coaching and belief is at the next level. What if you're not, right? What if it is halfway through the month and you're at 10% of your goal? Do you quit, or do you double down on belief? Be like, nope, I'm gonna believe as hard as I can for the next two weeks, and that's how I'm gonna get the result. I just didn't know before that it was all gonna happen in the last two weeks.
4: Breaks my brain that thought of something doesn't have to be true in order for you to believe it. I'm like And in fact, that
1: everything you want in life, you have to believe it before it's true. Like that's what coaching is, that's what the clutch is about, like that's what all of it is. You have to learn how to believe things that aren't true so they become true. We all think it's the opposite. It's good. so good. Thank you guys all for sharing. This is going to be an amazing episode or maybe two episodes because we talked for like an hour, but this was all so valuable and I really appreciate you sharing it. I'm sure all the listeners do too. So thank you. Okay. How good were those interviews? I swear I learned so much from those conversations. I told you in the beginning, one of my favorite takeaways from that conversation was the <laughs> twice as much money in half the time. So good, right? But I also love this idea that making more money is not just about making the money for the sake of it, right? It's what does that money uh, enable you to do? What does it allow you to do? And who do you have to become in order to do it, right? And that's something that came up in a couple of the conversations, I think. You know, we heard about the idea of making more money, so that you can then decide to take time off, right? To spend with your family if you want to. Like, it's not about just pushing for more no matter what, right? It's about creating the life that you want and whatever role you want money to play in that. And then we also heard about the idea of how investing in yourself automatically changes how you think about yourself, right? So it's not accumulating dollars for dollars' sake, right? Money will not make you happy forever, (laughs) right? Just like anything else, it is convenient and it makes your life easier in some ways, but it's not gonna turn your life from suffering into endless joy, right? We're still gonna have the human experience. But like any big goal, right? The reason to do it is who do you have to become? So when you, you know, like Rochelle talked about, plunk down, and for her it was way more than the price of the clutch, when you plunk down a big investment in yourself, how does that change how you think about yourself, right? Who are you then? When you think about yourself as someone who makes twice as much as you make now, who is that person? What's different between them and you? How do you become that person? You start to think about yourself differently. Who do you have to become? The person I had to become to have a seven-figure business was very different from the person who I had to be to have a, like, much smaller than that nice salary at a, running a think tank. Like, I had to become a different person, not because there's anything wrong with the first person, but that in order to grow and change and evolve, I had to become a different person who could have a seven-figure business. That was the point of that goal. It's not that making that money has changed my life to just all rainbows and unicorns and sunshine, <laughs> right? And I didn't even really change my lifestyle that much. And of course, I, it's you know, that's my business revenue and I use it to provide full-time jobs and healthcare and 401ks to my employees and to my independent you know contractors and everything else. It's not about like even most of the time what you do with the money it's convenient makes your life easier if you are below you know being able to afford food and shelter it obviously can change that dramatically but it's really about who you have to become to do something you didn't think was possible who do you have to become to make the kind of money that you didn't think was possible for you just like who do you have to become to write a book you didn't think you could write right it's all about who you're going to become in the process but money is a really good place to work on that because so many of us have so many limiting beliefs about money that we just think are 100% true. So I hope that listening to those interviews gave you some insights into what is going on in your own brain around money. And if you want to take that work deeper and really start to change it and be able to create more money and more time, right, and be able to feel abundant and positive and grown up and responsible with your money, the clutch is what you need. You can sign up at unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch, or you can text your email at a plus one, three, four, seven, nine, three, four, eight, eight, six, one. We will send you a link to sign up straight from your phone. And either way, I will see you in there. And I look forward to unfucking your money mindset with you. Talk to you soon. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast, you have got to come check out the clutch. The clutch is my feminist coaching community for all things unfuck your brain. It's where you can get individual help applying all these concepts I teach to your own life and learning how to do thought work to blow your own mind. It's where you can learn new coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will change your life even more. It's where you can hang out and connect over all things thought work with other podcast chickens just like you and me. It's my favorite place on earth and it will change everything. I guarantee it. Come join us at www.unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash The Clutch. Or you can just text your email address to 347-934-8861. If you text your email address to that number, we'll text you right back with a link to check out everything you need to know about The Clutch. 347-934-8861. Or again, just go online to www.unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash The Clutch. I cannot wait to see you there.